0: Welcome back to the Lou Perez podcast. My name is Lou Perez. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to thelouperez.locals.com and join the Lou Perez community. If you join, you'll get to listen to the podcast early. You'll get to watch my sketch comedy early, as well as experience other exclusive content. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you're looking for another way to support me, you can do so by supporting my sponsors. So if you're into cold brew, I highly recommend Black Organic Cold Brew. Head over to www.blvckbrew.com and use promo code Lou, that's L-O-U, and you'll get free shipping. And if you're into CBD products, please check out Paloma Verde, www.palomaverdestore.com. And if you use the code Lou, you'll get 25% off purchases over $75. And if you sign up for email, you'll get an extra 10% off as well. All right, here we go. They're just waiting for you to make one
1: mistake. <laughs> yeah, one
0: yeah. fucking mistake, and then they're done with you. I'm very happy to be joined by my next guest, Mr. KT Tatara. And um, I've already been told in the pre-show that I, that I butchered the name. I butchered his last <laughs> name. So... Uh, please, I can't educate myself on this. Could you educate me? To, uh, how do how do you pronounce your last name?
1: Well, I, I've I've said it Tatara my whole life, but okay. uh, that's kind of like a American English accent, I guess. To it, um, mm-hmm. you know, in Japanese, it's kind of uh, all the syllables are even, so it's okay. like Tatara. So it's like Tatara it would Tatara, kind of, yeah. Oh, but, I, I like mean, that. That's I'm more not fun. Of, yeah, I just always think it's weird when people kind of jump into an accent abruptly, you know, that, like, that would like, be oh, really hi. weird. Yeah. Hi, my name's Katie. Ta-da-da. You know, like, oh,
0: <laughs> you know, well, there, there was a, uh, there was a, an article I saw recently. I, I didn't read it. I, I just, I just read the headline. So I'm already a, I'm already an asshole, but it had something to do with, um, I believe it was an Asian woman complaining about uh, Americans not pronouncing uh, Asian names correctly and how that uh, is a huge sign of respect and also a sign of racism and it was fun it was funny to look in the comment section you basically had all of these Polish people being like um welcome to my world
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I don't I mean I, I I think a lot of the I understand the gripes that a lot of people have because you know it's it's kind of annoying after a while having explained this, but at the same time, I think it's just a numbers thing, right? Like Asian Americans are like 5% of the population. That's, you know, whatever one in 20, like chances are, you're not going to run into, and especially when Asians, you know, make up like tons of different countries, you're not going to know, be familiar with all these names. So it's, it's not so much like a racist thing. Although obviously there are people that are, you know, racist, they do it on purpose, like they purposely fuck up your name, but you know, when someone just doesn't know how to say it and may not be because they're racist, it's just, they've never met someone with that name before. So, you know, I don't know. I think some people, they're going to get mad at me for this, but I think some people are just like, they don't know how to deal with stuff and they get overly sensitive. And, and I, I've, I've done it too. I'm not, not saying I'm perfect. I've definitely gotten hypersensitive to things in the past, but, uh. Dude, you
0: threatened to walk off my show.
1: (laughs) i did Give in the you, pre-show bro I was like, if you can't get this right you're Well, you know it's here. just like <laughs> people you got to learn some coping skills man you're gonna run into people that just you know are gonna it's gonna be annoying life's annoying you know <laughs> so right. you're gonna run into this stuff and um this kind of public grievance thing where a lot of people jump in and they're like yeah that happened to me that happened to me it's like this is not healthy it's like it's like this public group therapy without the therapist. Mm-hmm. So everyone's just indulging in the trauma or whatever their issue is, which, like I said, I may have experienced or felt the same way. But it's like, yeah, then I went to therapy, and I talked it out with people, I talked it out, some other thing, you kind of deal with it. So you can kind of approach the world a little differently. And uh,
0: yeah, it seems like there, you know, it used to be, um, you would see people who have gone through, you know, real hardship, and come out basically saying like, you're not going to hold me down. Mm, I'm not going to, yeah. al- I'm not going to allow you to, um, you know, disrespect me or lower me. I'm going to rise above yeah. that. And we used to look at those people as heroes, like, right. like, Wow. Here's somebody who is basically, you know, staring, you know, uh, haters in the, in, in the face yeah. and say, no, I'm not going to, but now it's like, no, no, I, if I can, if I could be a victim in any, in any which way I'm, you know that's like the new thing like it's better for me to be a victimized than you know
1: yeah i don't i don't know how much of a, a conscious thing that is i think there's some people that probably consciously recognize that and do that but there there's a social currency to letting everyone know how you've been affected by something with the idea that if we let everybody know and if we all share our experiences it'll get better but what you've seen over the last 10 years in terms of social media it it just makes this process go on indefinitely like i don't know if anyone's really he- you know been healing from this it just more people come out with their issues and then everyone's just in this state of like oh this sucks yeah. and more people need to know and we're kind of stuck in first gear with our like healing you know <laughs> it's like we need to start the conversation for that for like 10 years it's like are we gonna get it started or what like what are we doing
0: <laughs> yeah when um when i look back at, at growing up and um you know, having being being Latino or uh, Latin Latino. Latinx. Well now I'm Latinx. Now I'm Latin. If it's gonna help my career, shit. I'll be I'll be Latinx, no problem. Wait, but, sorry to cut
1: you off. But have you ever gotten corrected by that by someone who's not Latino? No. Oh, oh man, no, I can't no. wait for that.
0: No, apparently I have a um a family member. But I don't wanna I don't wanna be too specific because I don't want them I don't want anyone to find out who they are, but apparently they're buying uh children's books to educate their children on Latinx stuff and, and all of that. And I'm just sort of like, you know, you could, you can call me up. You no, know, I, I could, t- I could talk to your kids about, you know, about whatever you want to talk about. But, but, but when, when I was, when I was growing up, I, I have a number of uh, personal accounts facing racism, hmm. whether it was being called a spick um, hmm. being, uh, being targeted at, um, at camp because of it. I, I was called a spick. I was called Julio. I was like degraded. Um, in high school, I had a big problem with, um, with a coach of mine who insisted on calling me Lopez instead of Perez. It was Whoa. like a whole, it was like a whole big thing. I, there was like a big blow up and, uh, it, this whole thing, it's, it's a, it's a lot to, to get into. But when I look back on those,
1: that it was this was in New York.
0: Yeah, yeah, in New York wow. and mostly like Long Island for, uh, and um, you know when I look back at that stuff, obviously I think it's fucked up because because I was a kid, right? But I'm looking back as a as a man saying, uh, I will never allow that to happen to me or my ch- you know or my or my children. You know I want to I'm not looking to I'm not even looking to shame the person. I wish I can go back in time you know, with who I am now and, you know, beat the shit out of the, out of the kids who, who, who did it, you know, to, yeah. to take on the adults or the people in, in, um, that were in, uh, positions of power who yeah. allowed it, you know, who allowed it to happen. It's a, um, uh, for me, it's not like a, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna c- kind of, cr- uh, you know, curl up and, you know, allow that to devour <laughs> me. Um, and, and there were also, uh, I, there were also, uh, examples growing up too where there were times when I allowed myself to um to succumb to that. Like yeah, you know, I'm not this isn't happening because of my last name and you know, people looking down on me, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, sure. You know, at the end of the day, like that, that's just not going to to help you succeed or or to to move on or to grow or to get stronger, you know?
1: Yeah. I think there's a like a confusion. I mean, there's definitely people that are real dismissive. Of that kind of uh, stuff and i I try to acknowledge this i think that definitely you know is natural it happens it's just kind of like what do we do after that and there seems to be kind of this different we kind of have two extreme philosophies which is just indulge in that forever to let everyone know that they've been caused pain and you have to stay in pain to let everyone know that pain has been caused and then this opposite super insensitive side which is just Suck it up, you pussy, whatever. Don't be a right. bitch, whatever. And just you shouldn't, you know, it's something else is the problem and uh survival of the fish or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, why do we why do we have these like two this is the and maybe this is just a consequence of like, you know, social media and Twitter and stuff, but it's like that's the only answers here. It's like yeah. we need to constantly be in pain, or we need to just everyone needs to shut the fuck up and be a pussy. And I'm like, or not be a pussy. And it's like, well. You know, we need to acknowledge that this happens and people are affected that way. But let's help get them out of that situation and kind of grow and be stronger, uh, you know, a- afterwards. And they're, they're, we're kind of missing that component, at least it seems like in like a lot of the social discourse and stuff, especially when it comes to comedy. I try to look through everything through the lens of comedy. It's the only thing I really care about. And all this stuff has gotten like intertwined with comedy, all this kind of like activism stuff in regards to like racial things and stuff and it's just not funny man it's just like it's corny and like lame to me i'm you know it's not that i've never had anything happen to me sometimes people say that sometimes people are like oh dude well you don't because I'm half white, half Japanese. Oh, you, you're you half white, bro, you don't know. You never got, I'm like, are you kidding? You think I've never been called a chink because I'm half white? Like some racist right. out there is like, oh, and I was like, eh, you're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like They don't care, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They just go, not white, we're gonna say something fucked up about you, you know? It's like, that, it's not that it's never happened to me, it's just that you gotta find some coping and processing skills and, and to get through and it. And that's why I try to make jokes addressing it but then also like how to flip it around and be stronger about it. I mm-hmm. think um one of the things is this punching up idea, right? You know, it's like good comedy punches up and blah, blah, whatever that is. I hate that. I don't understand punching up, punching down. There's no there's no punching. It's just jokes mm-hmm. whatever direction. But the idea that you're you only have to punch up kind of inherently puts you on your back permanently you know you're always just "Uh, everything is above me i'm punching up you're never like flipping it or whatever you're you're never in control of the situation you know and i feel like before the idea was always about like how do you get yourself you know, you turn it around like, oh, no, you're punching down on me. No, no, I'm punching down on you, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe that sounds too aggressive. But you know, what I'm saying it's like, I feel like that's more empowering.
0: Yeah, I, um, you know, so so a couple a couple of things, you know, I I think with so much stuff sort of um, centered around identity, you know, I think you hit on something that is a huge part of your identity, which is that you're a comedian, you know, so it's almost like, um you know there's race stuff there's class stuff but then there's also like this is our this is our profession and also the way we see the world you know i I happen to think that there's there's something you know there's something different about comedians and the way that we see the world as opposed to you know uh, other people like we you know for the most part say things normal people aren't supposed to say or you're not supposed to hear and, and and that um and that that's the fun of it but also it's a part of like you know who we are on the you know the punching up versus punching down thing i've been thinking a lot about this idea that i think kind of uh, has a lot to do with that this idea of, of speaking truth to power right? oh yeah yeah and the idea that comedy speaks truth to power <laughs> and i'm i'm wondering i'm like well well when did comedy stop just being about speaking the truth Why did this power component come into it? And I'm starting to think that the that the power component comes into it because when you're Mm -hmm. just speaking the truth, well, sometimes that involves punching down, you know, when you're (laughs) speaking the truth, like sometimes that involves, you know, calling out a quote unquote protected class of people, people who, who you're not supposed to make fun of or not supposed to call out on their bullshit, you know. So you add this power element to it so that you Oh no, no, you need to be punching up because you know you can you can say this about, you know, no man, take on the president. You know no, 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 take on the president, don't take on this uh, you know, the, these other people. And I feel like it's uh it it I don't know if it's a conscious thing, but it just seems like a uh you know, just a way for us not to have those icky, those icky conversations. I think similar to what you're saying yeah. where, you know, the people who are like either uh, you know, it's you know everything is racist or you don't acknowledge it at all and it's like well no both both those groups it, it gets messy when you have to acknowledge like yeah you know somewhere in the middle what's going what's going on the nuance there
1: yeah yeah and and the in regards to comedy it seems like you can really only have one acceptable take and also people i found uh with audiences over the last you know it's probably like last five six years People are already kind of in their heads of like what you're, where, which way you're going with it. Like I know from doing shows in Vegas a lot. You know, a lot of times Vegas is, uh, you know, it's it's touristy. A lot of times the comedy shows skew a lot older. You wouldn't think so because it's Vegas, but if you think about it, everyone who's young in Vegas is at a pool party yeah, or yeah. whatever. Like they're, they're renting a
0: cabana to, and you know, yeah, they're not trying to hang service. out at a comedy
1: club or yeah. whatever. You know, so there and and there are young people that come in, but average age skews older, probably than even most comedy clubs. And uh, it also tends to skew a little bit more conservative, especially in in some of the other rooms that, you know, depending on the price point or something like that, you kind of get an older crowd. That, you know, that's their thing for the night, they're kind of going to do a comedy show. What was interesting, especially back, you know, in the 2016 election and 2017 after the 2016 election, you get people coming in like. They already have their mind made up some people would tell people at the door there better not be any trump jokes tonight like they're fired up and then if they get a whiff of you being liberal on stage they're like yeah dude sjw but then similarly you get the opposite thing where if you do anything that sounds a little bit against some far left or progressive narrative They're like, this white supremacist conservative. And so people just catch a whiff of something. They're like, I know where he's going with this. And it's like, dude, this is just comedy. This is Mm -hmm. jokes. I've always held this position. I'm like, comedy is not meant to be taken seriously. You either laugh or you don't end of story if you walk out of there and you're like yeah they do sound like that they do got fucked up names you're doing it wrong right you're you're not (laughs) supposed to be taking it that way you're not supposed to getting out there all fired up and ready to do something and similarly if you're super hurt and you're walking out of there like oh man that was really uh, and that that messed up my thing because of my identity you're doing it wrong i'm sorry it's like that's not meant to be taken that way you know and so i can apologize in the sense that I'm sorry you took it that way. i I, I don't want you to be hurt. That wasn't the intention. But at the same time, it's like, how much responsibility does the speaker have, and how much responsibility does the receiver have? if mm-hmm. If we're gonna hold people that are walking out taking a joke too seriously, like a a racial joke or gender joke or something like that, and then they walk out of there and they start acting racist or sexist towards people <laughs> like they're wrong. It's not. Yeah, I, th- I think Bill Burr
0: said something like that. He's like, nobody's is. left my, uh, left one of my shows and gone out and like, you know, committed a hate crime or something i'm paraphrasing but because of something that that he said on yeah and then never
1: and honestly that's i don't think that's ever happened at any comedy show and so if we if we if we accept that that would be wrong right like we would all understand that the blame would go on the person uh that committed something because clearly if you perform for 300 people or fifteen thousand people whatever it is and one person goes commit some hate crime it's probably that person's fault and not, you know, the speaker, because everyone else didn't interpret that way. But similarly, if someone walks out hurt and, and they're upset and they're mad and, you know, they they feel erased or whatever it is, then I think we have to equally say, well, this person's also interpreting it wrong. And, you know, I don't think we should be insensitive to that person. Just go, ah, you fucking pussy, whatever. It's just try to explain to them and, and kind of see where they're coming. Edge and go, you know, this is not healthy and not helpful and look at all the other people that didn't take it that way you know and that's Mm -hmm. that's hard for people to like hear and accept you know
0: well it's such a it's such a um i think one of one of the things about you know going to like a like a comedy showcase is for the most part i mean you don't i mean you you would people going there might know who the comedians are and that, and that's great. You know, if you have like an audience that comes to see you in particular, yeah. but for the most part, I mean, unless you're repeating something on your album, you know, they shouldn't know what the punchline is going to be, you know, they shouldn't have like a, you know, it's (laughs) it's the job of the comedian to, you know, bring them over here. And then, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh you know, I, 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 sometimes I, I do wonder, you know, what are people, you know, what are people after when they go to a comedy show? Um, you know, in, in particular, like an audience, mm. uh, you know, uh, last night was the first time that I've performed standup in over a year. Wow. Yeah. It's been over, over a year. So the, la- um, before last night, the last time I performed stand up was in like March of 2020. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, right when kind of like, the shit was was really hitting the fan. Yeah. Um, and I and a buddy of mine, um he said, Yeah, there's a, you know, I haven't I have a spot if you if you want it. And I'm like, sure. And I, you know, I kind of immediately said yes, but then but then after that, I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be horrible. I haven't done, you know, I haven't been up speaking in front of people. Yeah. Uh and, and also in that environment in like uh a closed room. You know, yeah, like film, yeah, uh, with with everything going on. Was oh, it
1: indoors in New York? It was now? indoors. Yeah, oh, it wow. was okay.
0: it was indoors. So um, so I I got there and I spoke to to the host of the show we introduced and I I said to her, yeah, you know, I haven't performed in over a year, and she gave me a look like <laughs> because she books like professional comedians, you know, she books people with uh who uh, who have performed let's let's just say (laughs) um and you know here i was and i was i was just like oh man i shouldn't have told her that at all like i i should yeah i I almost felt like uh you know if you after like a like a like a bad breakup like don't tell the girl the first girl you sleep with that (laughs) that that you're the she's the first girl you're sleeping with Yeah, yeah yeah um but it was uh it was in forest hills queens it was a place called dylan's really nice venue um it's like a a restaurant music space. Uh, the place was, you know, decently packed and I got to go up there and do a set. And I was, thankfully I wasn't as rusty as I thought I would be. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's some bits that I hadn't done in a long time. So I'm like, oh I forgot. I dropped that line and, and all that. But it was such, it was a really good experience because the audience wanted to be there. You know, right? And it was like it was a, it was an actual comedy audience that they wanted to to see live comedy, and with everything right. that, that that's been going on,
1: oh, it man. was sort of
0: like it's like you don't get that that often. So I, yeah, you know, the comedians wanted to be up there performing, and the people wanted um, to to be seeing a, a live yeah. performance. And I'm so happy that I did it because it it reminded me just how much how much I like it, and and not only did I have fun performing on it. But I also had fun as an audience member watching the other comedians, yeah. and there was something going on with all the other comedians because, like, some um, some people made uh, Trump jokes, some people made Cuomo jokes, and I you couldn't tell hmm. where people were, you know, politically. You the know, the
1: comedians, you mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, the the comedians. I'm, I'm, my 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 one buddy did a set, and he's like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm liberal, blah blah blah, but. It's like, yeah, but you're a different kind of liberal. You're like a traditional liberal who's ready to make fun of stuff and, you know, yeah. and is open. It's, um, you know, old school 1990s, you know, sort of sort of liberal. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. kind of like what, what what he was doing there. Um, but it was it was great. And it was it was it felt like I was it felt like comedy was was sort of back to where it was supposed to be where I spend so much of my time online, I spend so much of my time online where jokes are divisive, where jokes, you know, get, can get you kicked off of a platform. And here it's like, no, these are jokes (laughs) to make people laugh.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I, I just, when people take this thing seriously, I just always think of it like, like people always go, Oh, he's trying to get away with, he's trying to pro, you know, promote hate speech by saying it's just a joke. And Mm -hmm. I was like, it doesn't jokes are not meant to be taken seriously okay you wouldn't go to a like a magic show and be like he's trying to promote sawing people in half by saying it's just an illusion (laughs) right it's like (laughs) you know going into it the shit's not real you take it with that and you walk out and go oh i don't know how that happened people don't do that with jokes they walk out of there like it was a sermon or something and they're just like can you believe he's he's on that shit you know it's just like why are we not doing that. And that's it. I've heard that from some other people, um, you know, doing a lot of these shows. I did one back in September, um, uh, an outdoor show in LA and, uh, it was, it wasn't that many people, but I did get that feeling that people just wanted to see something. People were just out and they were just kind of in for whatever you got, you know? And, and it's kind of seen that way from a lot of the shows, uh, that have been going on all over. the, I don't know in other States and stuff, but at least in LA from what it seems like, and, the, you know, I remember feeling this like about five years ago, five, six years ago, that it seemed like there was a je- definite change, probably started around 2011, to be honest, like, in terms of the crowds coming to comedy shows. It was kind of, I don't know, someone told me, kind of put it in this framework of like, in the 80s maybe late 70s early 80s when stand-up comedy really started booming people would go to comedy shows to hear what the comedian had to say they wanted to hear a take that they couldn't come up with they never heard they're just like give me comedy they go to a pizza shop whatever there's p- comedy all over the place because it was just a cool thing to go and it was actually a perfect time for it because you know there's like four public channels you know, pbs and three networks or whatever at the time a lot of people didn't have cable and even if you did it's like 20 channels so live entertainment um you know was a great option for that uh, and then you know politically stuff that's going on economically all the kind of things going on in the 80s and uh you had the kind of boomers kind of coming into making a lot more money so there was this just it's just kind of perfect intersection of you have a bunch of people with cash and wanting to go do something and there's not that many other entertainment outlets for it and uh you can go see live comedy you didn't care what they had to you know say or who they are you didn't really know like kind like you're saying you don't know who the comedians are and then at some point over the last you know 30 years it by 10 years ago it turned into okay i don't i don't want to go see comedians i don't know or i don't know what they're going to say i want to i want to hear me reflected back to me i, I want to If someone gives me the, you know, a bad George Bush take or something, I'm out of here, you know, and that Mm -hmm. somewhere in the two thousands and, you know, maybe post 2008, um, the audience is kind of really started divert, getting really picky about that. And then, you know, definitely after social media, because everyone can kind of group to like, this is your community. This is your if
0: Yeah. I wonder if that's sort of like a, um, like a mark of specialization, like where, it, in, a, in a similar way, I'm trying to think of what, what, what would be similar, a similar way would kind of be like uh, pornography, where oh, okay. where like, you know, I, I guess there was, a, there was a time when you would go to watch porno in a, you know, in a theater, and <laughs> it would be like, okay, well, this is what you got um this is these are the choices that, that you have here but now, i think the
1: original one was just looking in someone's house i think that was <laughs> i think that was the first round Keep,
0: yeah peeping tom it was basically do i know this person all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go see this person before yeah, tonight
1: eight o'clock all right yeah.
0: whereas whereas now i mean you know with with porn it's like Okay, what are you into? Okay, you could basically spend your whole right, life right, yeah. just the categories. Yeah, yeah, just watching, you know, face sitting. Okay, that that's your thing. Okay, okay, we, we right. have you covered. So, okay, well, what are you into? Are you you're into, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, absurdist
1: one-liner comedians? What's the thing oh, they dress okay. the costume the um the furries? The fur yeah. That's yeah. me trying to act like I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, what's but that? There's like, that yeah, a
0: gigantic they... mouse head behind you. Like a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: that's a thing uh, for people. They have conventions. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a big thing.
0: But but it is it is interesting uh, that you bring up like the idea of, of of people going to a show to see themselves reflected back at them. Yeah, and it kind of ties into like the identity stuff that we were talking about earlier. And um, uh, you, you were going to bring up something about um, identity in in particular. I think. The, oh uh,
1: yeah, I was telling. Yeah, so. Um, you know, if this podcast doesn't get me canceled, then addressing this probably will, but you know, what (laughs) I got to have a career to get canceled. Right. So the, I had this post that probably this really just made me shut down. Honestly, for the last few years is like, uh, it's like late 2018, there was a campaign on Netflix called, uh, the first time I saw me or something like that. I think, and it was like these commercials and they had a bunch of people on there and it was like you know, someone going like the first time I saw me, I saw Dora the Explorer. And I was like, oh, it's me, you know, whatever. And as this whole thing, it almost kind of felt sad, you know, but it's just, it's supposed to, it was meant to be a diversity campaign for like all these different types of people and backgrounds and stuff and how, you know, good it made these people feel when they saw someone of their background, of their, you know, race or gender or sexual orientation or whatever. And so when you watch that, you know, I, I'm not a hater of these people or whatever. If anything, I'm just, my first thought was like, man, that's so unfortunate that they had to wait till they saw someone that represented these superficial, uncontrollable characteristics before they actually felt their identity validated. And so I kind of had this post was just saying like, I just don't like this concept of, you have to see it to like be satisfied. Cause like, wouldn't it be better if we can at least strive for uh, like a society or, you know, in terms of entertainment where you see yourself in people that don't have these characteristics. Cause I think people, when they think about their identity on a deeper level, it really comes down to kind of like tone and temperament, your kind of attitude, how you walk through the world, your kind of, you know, how you're perceiving things. And when you think of it that way, that's a much broader thing. People of all races, you know, we all we all know someone who's like a, a jock and an asshole and super insensitive of any race, of any background, any you know gender identity, social, or uh, sexual orientation, whatever. It's like there's that exists. But then there's also people that are you know, just like little puppy dogs and they're just, you know, they're super happy and excitable and they're friendly and they love everything. And they're just, they're so you know soft and nice. You just want to love that bird that also occurs in every background. So if we had a system where, or at least in terms of entertainment, where we kind of focus more on that, then you could, as a viewer could connect with someone who doesn't have these superficial backgrounds of being the same race or same gender or same sexual into whatever, because you're connecting with them on that kind of deeper quality of like, ah, I like how they see the world. That's how I see the world. That's, that's my superhero. That's my uh, role model, you know? And then that way you have a broader amount of people that we can all, basically we can find role models in so many more people. But if you narrow it to this idea that you're never going to be happy until you see yourself, as a role model up there and you know we got to fight to get your, your face on the screen so you can be happy then you're just kind of destined to just be sitting there waiting like oh, when am i going to see me where's my thing and you're just you're, you're missing out on so much stuff and then anyways i i'm kind of paraphrasing the thing but i basically posted that on like facebook instagram a couple years ago coming up i guess on three years ago and I got lit up, man, people. So I got so mad. A bunch of people uh, unfriended me. And I hate even saying that it sounds so lame and corny. They unfriended me, but it's just these are all like liberal, progressive people. I did, thought
0: what, I'm, did, did I they like, not did they not see themselves in you? Well, posting something they disagree. <laughs> they disagree with.
1: Yeah, right. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like. The the funny thing is everyone that the people that disagreed with me all had an anecdotal reason. They all just said, well, when I was 10 years old, I saw this thing and I was like, oh, I had curly hair and everyone made fun of me at school. And that was the first time I saw someone curly hair. And then all of a sudden I felt cool. And that was my thing. And I'm not trying to shit on that experience. I'm like, well, I'm glad you found something to feel better about yourself. And I'm, it sucks that you didn't feel that way beforehand. What I'm saying is now think about how cool it would have been if you could have found that same feeling before even seeing someone with curly hair or whatever before yourself. And what if we preached that? What if we worked on trying to get people to think and feel that way about seeing themselves? So it's not on these superficial qualities, but more on this kind of deeper personality temperamental level. And people just kind of go, no, nope, dude, the f- first time I saw me, I felt good. And you just don't get it. And I'm just I, like, yeah. I, I, when you think I saw him, I never saw someone that looked like me on TV until I saw myself on TV. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I didn't do stand up because I saw some half Asian person do stand up. I started doing it before I didn't even know who else was doing stand up, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder, you know, on that issue, I wonder if I kind of have a kind of a blind spot for it um, just because... Um, I've seen, I guess, a lot of people who kind of look like me, like through the years, like I, like right now I'm rocking kind of like an Al Pacino in Serpico kind of thing. I like thing. it, man. I wish and, I could rock that beard. That was nice. And then I also have man. like a, Mar- I have a Martin Scorsese thing in Taxi Driver right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, the, the idea of me seeing myself in Al Pacino playing a cop that, uh, goes against the uh, department or a uh, Martin Scorsese who's sitting in the back seat of a, of a taxi with Robert De Niro in the, uh, in the front, in the front seat saying that he's going to go, he's going to go shoot his, his wife, who's having an affair with him with a black guy. Um, I mean, physically, I, you know, I, I, I can see myself, but there, but you know, not on the, you know, on the literal, on the narrative, uh, level, you know? So I think, you know, so I, I, I admit that with stuff like that, I can there, I have a blind spot for it. Like I, I couldn't get excited over like Black Panther. I didn't understand, I don't understand how, imp- I-, I couldn't understand how important that was for, pe- uh, for people um, without them telling me, hey, no, no, this is actually, you know, really important for us that we are, you know, seeing ourselves on, on, on stage and on, on screen and, and um. but the question that I have though is like, aside from, you know, seeing somebody who looks like you on, on screen, right, how are we, quantifying when that's enough because like like you said you know um yeah, a, um asian the asian community in the united states right and notice it's asian it's not even like oh filipinos versus koreans versus yeah, japanese yeah. for some reason people have put asians all together right and it's a pretty small you know number of people it's a small minority like you said like 5% so technically if we if we're going to be like you know equal or equitable you should only be expected to see 5% of people or 5% of yourself on, on screen, you know? and, And it's like, you get into those, you know, into those arguments. And I remember, um, I did a video a while back making fun of, um, God, it was like, uh, what was it? it was a matt damon movie where it takes place in china and he's fighting dragons or something like that and um i think a bunch of americans um were pissed off because matt damon white savior in this you know in this chinese movie but it turns out it was produced in china the chinese love matt damon and were totally cool with it huh. so it's like american asians were upset with something that the chinese fully embraced um yeah. <laughs> and, and and part of it was doing research about like the demographics and representation versus um, versus populations. And it turns out like black Americans were represented about the, uh, I mean, they might be a little bit more, there might be a little bit more representation in film and TV than compared to the population. Mm. Um, and I think everyone was sort of on the level where, where it was supposed to be by the numbers, but it turns out like Latinos and Hispanics were lower than oh, their yeah. rep- the representation uh, there. And sure. then, you know, and then, you know, it, it's like, man, are we, are we playing a numbers game, you know, and it, yeah, it, it and it does seem like, you know, you just can't win, you know, that there's no, there's no real solution to any of this stuff.
1: I just don't know what the goal is. Like, is yeah. the goal like that we get to uh, all things are, you know, whatever the demographics, the arbitrary and ever changing demographics of the country, you know, 13% this and 15% that 5.6% that like that's all changing it, this is why that's a bad metric to me, because like, let's say all movies and TV shows all, you know, fit that eventually, you know, average out all the NBC, ABC, whatever, and bam, we're hitting the demographics of the United States on there. That doesn't mean racism isn't happening. If anything, you've kind of, you know, made it harder for you to determine if racism is because you've constructed this idea that if we achieve this, racism isn't happening. So... And, and if anything, you might have more of it uh, happening because like you said, you know, if you have the that's why I've always been against the kind of seemingly kind of quota situations, because I just kind of, you know, did the math, not even making an Asian joke about <laughs> it. But I'm like, if Asians are 20, you know, 5% of the population, roughly, give or take, and that encompasses all Asian types. You know, are countries than uh, for backgrounds. Let alone, I'm mixed. So technically, I'm like part of this two percent of people that are racially mixed. I actually kind of tried to do the breakdown of it. Like, if you go down to like who's half Japanese, who's half white, with a, like a Japanese dad, I'm an only child. You know, kind of put all these kind of factors in. There's probably like three hundred people in the whole country like me. I'm like. I'm, I should never be on TV. I've already been on TV a couple of times. I'm done. I've actually exceeded my allotment for my whole lifetime. So It's like, I don't like this idea. Plus it's like you, you narrow the opportunities. So like if there's, you know, 20 people, like, let's say it's, you know, whatever one, um, one out of 20 and you have 20 episodes or something on a sitcom and X amount of guest stars and all this stuff, like That's me and every other Asian American male actor roughly in my age range competing for this one role a week for whatever. It's like almost nobody's going to get it. My personal philosophy in terms of diversity should is every role should be open to all ethnicities. And even if you're doing a documentary thing, even then it depends on like, how kind of if you're kind of doing a stylistic kind of thing versus like, you're just doing a historical documentary, like this is exactly what happened, then maybe you want to kind of get someone who look like the actual real life person. Mm -hmm. But if you're maybe doing some kind of comedy spin off alternate world thing, then like, who cares, you're kind of just trying to get the message across. But if it's just for fictional stuff, like, why not just open everything to everything right the reason why they don't is because it's too time consuming you can't have thousands of actors auditioning for every single part there's are al- there's already not enough time to do that as it is so they have to find ways to narrow it down and that race is one of the things the way they do that but what happens is currently is uh so there's like you know sag after rules that they have to audition a certain amount of minorities uh for each project and uh i don't see each project or each role or whatever but like i think it's for each project but what happens is the writers the producers the casting directors they all kind of know what they're looking for they're like mm-hmm. we're looking for a white guy here this could be any non-white girl probably a black latino guy for this this one who cares this is kind of everybody and they kind of already have that figured out they audition everyone and I can speak from personal experience and I, I'm sure a lot of uh, non-white actors in LA have had this happen where you basically go to audition for something and you're auditioning for like one of the main roles, like a lead in a sitcom or mm-hmm. a film and you're like, Oh, this is awesome. Oh, this thing. And, and maybe it doesn't have a race in it or maybe it does, but you're like, all right, maybe they're looking for a different option. Maybe they got a, you know, they want a different flavor for this. Cool. You rehearse, you go to acting coach, you prepare, go in And then what does it look like? The room is filled with all minority people that, uh, don't look anything the same. Mm. And then you look at the date of the script and you realize, wait a minute, this revision was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And you realize what you're in for. You're part of that minority quota of everyone auditioning for this project. They've already have the offer out to some, you know, superstar white guy probably, or whatever it is. Right. And... They just go, oh, we got to get a thing. And so everyone has no chance at getting this role now, you know, and that's already what happened. So if you limit that even more to like getting these kind of quota things, it's like so many people are not going to have a shot.
0: And and something that, you know, the someone who's not involved in the business won't even, you know, might not know, but like, in addition to, you know, you running your lines and learning your lines and, you know, uh, practicing with a coach, there's also just the reality of you're going to be driving from fucking like, you live, <laughs> if you live in the Valley, you're going to yeah. be driving from the Valley, you know, to Hollywood or, you know, I remember going on auditions in, in Santa Monica. So driving yeah. from driving from like um, like uh, Franklin Village to Santa yeah. Monica, you know, there and back, you know, it's like, there's a lot of gas money. There's yeah. maybe some maybe some parking tickets. There's a lot of time. Sure that's being wasted sure. where it's, you look around and you're like, wait a minute, I'm an Asian dude. I'm a, you know, half Asian dude over there. Is a an Indian guy. Then we got like an obese black guy. And then it's like, <laughs> do they not know what they want or, Oh, yeah. I get it. it. Or, you know, the scenario that you just described, it's sort of like, yeah. hey, you know, this is the it checklist so many
1: times. And it's really not a good feeling because you know, you're just kind of, you know, they're kind of, figuring out a way to you know play by the rules but really you have a shot in the dark now I'm sure there's some story out there of somebody who was in that situation and they actually got the part but that's like a one in a million shot that almost never happens because they already have it figured out and they're trying to fit this quota and that that's why it's it's a tricky thing because you do want to have you know opportunities for you know different types of people and roles that's why I kind of go back to the temperament and tone thing I think one of the you know the kind of racist thing that happens with kind of casting and whether it's writing or casting personally i think it's more in the casting and producing minds because they're the people that kind of see everybody and kind of do a lot of the filtering um people say it's the writers and that's part of it but that only means the writer has to explicitly write oh looking for half asian american or whatever person i'm saying like well what if the writers and producer people just We're able to look at that and go, okay, what what are we really looking for? Are we looking for someone who's tech savvy? Are we looking for someone who's aloof and just ditzy? Are we looking for someone who's like a jock and like a meathead? And you think about these other qualities that if if you're not racist, you actually know they exist in all areas, right? There's Asian meatheads, there's ditzy, whoever, like, so But I think what happens is in the casting and producing world, they actually have a narrow narrow mindset and they only think they can't see that they're just like, Oh, I've never seen an Asian meter, you know? And so the only way you do come uh, circumvent that is if you actually look so like you have to come in like the rock or something like that. And then like, Oh, okay. We get it now. You're a muscle guy. And it's like, well, you don't. you wouldn't have that same emphasis for like, just kind of regular jock white guys. Right. If you see like a, Fraternity or something like that. Like not everyone there. They're all broy guys, right? But they're not all super muscly mm-hmm. meatheads. So, I'm just trying to expand the idea of thinking of what types are out there. You know? Yeah,
0: and I wonder too when it comes to um, you know the stories being told. Um, mm. And um, I had a a friend of mine, Brian uh, Torres Day. I don't know if you know if you know Brian. But he's a he's a comedian as well. And we were talking about stories and representation as well and he's um he's Chicano so his parents are from Mexico and you know talking about there's like you know there's really interesting stories to be told you know from you know from those cultures and it yeah. seems like anytime time though it, it's like is is the way to get re- more representation in Hollywood do you have to like tell the immigrant story you know, like the first generation. Mm-hmm. Like I am oh, yeah. a first generation. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, Here is my story, as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to yeah. Here's like you know a rom com, and yes. everything happened, Everything that happens in a rom com happens, and yeah. I just happen to be you know this ethnicity, and, and they yeah, were, they were cast. It's it seems like there's there's so much with the identity stuff bottled up in, uh really needing to see yourself and your story as opposed to Mm. like oh that's a guy who looks like me but he happens to be playing just like a cop you know
1: yeah yeah that's a good point i guess yeah with the writing there are there is that story element of like uh that is lacking in terms of like you know ethnic minorities where they are stuck in first gear with this like immigrant. My parents are an immigrant. And then oh, I grew up eating weird food and and had to translate for my parents. It's like it's like I've heard that my whole life. Like, it's just kind of I don't want to take away from those stories. I I don't want to be I want to be clear here. Like those still exist. People like those. That's a real part of life. I I don't want to not have those. We just need to add to the profile here like because especially living on the west coast i didn't even really think about this i grew up in northern virginia outside dc uh i moved to la in 2003 i didn't really can ever think about this but there's so many like third fourth fifth generation asians latinos and stuff out there people that aren't really in this first generation narrative right and and <clears throat> that was one of the first things i realized when i came out i was like why How is hollywood based in california surrounded by all these stories surrounded by people that have you know great grandparents that came over pre-world war one from china or japan or whatever right you know uh mexican family members that came over before maybe even back before california was a state or something 1850 you know or, or at the very least since before world war ii And so you're several generations deep here where they may not even speak Spanish. And to me, these stories are are more interesting because if your, your goal is to like combat racism and things like that, and you're in your head, you're like, there's all these racist white people in Idaho or wherever, then getting them uh, more experience or getting them to see that there's all these other stories that exist in the country. I think also would help kind of break that down a little bit but if they kind of keep seeing like oh this funny foreigner story it's very easy for them to kind of dismiss it and just kind of go yeah yeah whatever we get it you don't speak the language whatever it kind of almost indulges in their their racist uh ideas you know and i'm 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 just amazed by that with like especially with the latino stories la is 49 percent latino right? right it's like it's literally half latino out here and when they underrepresent the latinos and stuff i'm like how do you, how is hollywood even doing every other person you're seeing has a hispanic latino background how are you not like thinking of this so it's it's so strange that that they just uh they ignore all these stories for you know something that's just kind of trendy and almost like safe you know the the foreigner came over and this you know, happened I, and whatever yeah and
0: i you know and i wonder too what if there is a tension between telling, you know, immigrant stories or, you know, the, the stories of, you know, children of immigrants versus telling uh, African-American stories, you know, Mm -hmm. because ultimately, you know, when you're talking about production companies, it's, you know, there's, uh, there's money, uh, you know, there's capital being invested and it's like, where's this money going to be invested? Which stories Mm -hmm. are we going to tell? And I wonder, you you know, I don't, I don't know. it seems like there's a there's there might be a tension there where it's sort of like, um, you know, have, you know, African-Americans been given their due when it comes to like the silver screen, when it comes to TV shows, because, you know, you know, you start seeing stuff like Oscar, you know, Oscar so white and stuff. Oh, yeah. and, and when I when I see Oscar so white being, uh, uh, you know, being retweeted by uh, people who aren't black, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? What do you guys do? What do you guys do? Well, who do you think you are in this situation? Who do you think you are in this situation? You know? um But I don't know. That was just something I that, yeah, that sort of came to mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I just, uh man, it, a lot of these things get boiled down to like simple, marketable concepts that are kind yeah. of easy to digest in social media and a lot of people end up talking about like Hollywood stuff and they just don't know. They, they, they don't, they just kind of assume what's happening out there. They kind of heard of, Oh, Harvey Weinstein's out here. And you know, it's like, that's what Hollywood is. There's just a bunch of these creepy old white guys and you know, they're, they're raping chicks and stuff. And that's how Hollywood works. And they're only putting straight white dudes and stuff. And it's, there's a lot more going on. It's a lot more complicated. And some of these like solutions that they have, like that they're kind of, putting online a lot of people are buying into It's not really helpful. And, and honestly, it kind of gives uh, you know, kind of false sense of hope or something that like, oh, yeah, if we just do this, then we'll get our thing or whatever. And you just end up making like another group uh, of, of people upset. I, I just think ultimately, when you focus on these surface characteristics, even if you're trying to make people happy, you just inevitably have a backlash to that, of people that are still focusing on the surface characteristics. Like if you go, oh, first time I saw me, then you're going to get some, you know, angry white people going like, well, what about me? I don't see Mm -hmm. me because technically I don't see a lot of stories from coal miners from West Virginia on TV. You know what I mean? Are they represented? And uh, I think a lot of it is just people. It's so weird. We're like connected so much with online stuff, yet everyone's almost more narrow in their life experience and kind of What they know is out there i've been to every state doing stand-up i grew up in virginia like i said i went to college in west virginia i've lived in california in terms of racial dynamics northern virginia is super mixed diverse there's a lot of you know embassies and stuff and obviously the embassy in japan so there's a lot of these different communities for different lots of you know groups of people that uh, i grew up with in like elementary school west virginia has like the lowest rate of asian people in the whole state and now is obviously one of the reddest most conservative uh states in terms of voting for president and probably state stuff too uh so i went to college there and then i live in california which is obviously super blue super liberal at least in la where i live and uh has one of the highest rates of uh asian population so and i've like i said i've been to every state in between so it's like you kind of when you start seeing all this you kind of see it's like ah, this is a lot more difficult to solve sure. than just like a 140 word 120 whatever you know tweet that that we can kind of just put on a poster board or something out and, there. and
0: everybody and everyone who unfriended you they didn't solve anything they weren't a part of the solution <laughs> at all Dude,
1: people i never even talked to hit me up and it made me so mad because i'm just like i've n- i you we've been friends for 10 years on here you've never been like hey what's up you've never asked me about anything uh some of these people actually have gone on to blow up more on youtube or whatever uh me and good for them i don't hate them for it, but it's kind of weird when like you know, like 10 years ago, they were like, Hey, I want to come see a show. And I'm like, okay, cool. Come to show. And then now they're like some popular person in, you know, there's some social media darling with the, all the progressive stuff. uh, And then I post that and they light me up. And I'm like, you're not my friend.
0: (laughs) My my favorite is when somebody who I don't know, I've never met. I've never had a conversation with says, you're better than this.
1: Oh God! <laughs> I'm better than this. With the I've gotten what? that. I'm disappointed I'm, in you. Do I'm, better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, disappointed. Oh, dude. Nothing. Ironically, nothing makes me want to kill myself more than when these people say that. I'm like, are you? <laughs> are you trying to save lives out here? You, I mean, I'm. There was a the news there was right a guy,
0: There was a guy, um, a few years back, who posted a comment basically saying, like, "You're better than this." You know, I'm disappointed in you, or something like that. And I I had enough interactions with the guy before this, like where I felt like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to message you directly. And I messaged him directly. And I said, look, um, this is where I stand on this topic and this subject. And I say, you know, as far as saying like, you know, you're not the first one to hit me with one of those holier than thou messages, you know, Yeah. I said, but I don't know you beyond you know, this, you know, this sort of very tiny relationship that we have. And I said, but why don't we, you know, why don't we get together and we could talk and you can show me that you're a man who, whose opinion I should care about, you know, you need to, it's on you to prove to me that I should care about your opinion. (laughs) And he never got, you know, never got back to me, but, there are just so many people where i i don't know it's sort of like um it's it's the easiest way to sort of to moralize or you know to say that I'm um, you know i'm better than you or yeah you know, i guess what virtue signal is a, you know another way to to put it
1: I, did, I just don't even know like who that's for is like do, is it for themselves to make them feel like they did the right thing is it for everyone and for, and for, i think yeah i
0: think it's for for others to you know for others to see it too
1: yeah uh, I, this goes back like someone said that to me. This is actually the first time I heard uh, POC, people of color, which uh-huh. I, I refuse to use. I'm not I'm not saying it. I just, I drew the line at POC. I say minorities. I don't know what yeah. the problem was with that. It's ethnic minorities. I guess I'm assuming someone thought that there was a negative connotation because you're saying min, minor minority. It yeah, beli- it's, like it's yeah. It's belittling Yeah. I never really got the explanation for it, but um. I feel like internationally in other countries i think minority is 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 what people say because everyone is the same color where you have the you know obviously look at like eastern europe and like middle east and stuff like that there's people of all sorts of different ethnic backgrounds they have the same shade they have the same cut you so you can't really go people of color but they do have problems because they have different ethnic minorities different backgrounds and they're arguing about stuff or whatever (laughs) their historical uh issues are and so I don't see what the problem is with using that here. And so one time I, this actually goes back to 2012. You remember the uh, Jeremy Lynn fiasco and uh,
0: I remember him being Asian.
1: Yes. Uh, still, Asian, still Asian. Is he, American. is he still, uh, he, I think man, so. He's still running uh, that game. He's still yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, he's still going with that. Um, Asian American superstar, uh, you know, from, from California. Um, he, he, basically what happened was there was a headline on uh, ESPN.com at two in the morning that said, uh, so basically he started, you know, the Knicks were struggling. He became a starter, blah, blah, blah. They win like seven games in a row, they get to 500 and then they lose. And then everyone was like, oh man, they lost. So the headline online says chink in the armor turnovers cost nick's seven game win streak or snap seven game win streak or whatever right and then there's a picture of jeremy lynn like diving for the ball um (laughs) in the thing right now i saw that and i laugh and because i was like oh god like someone's gonna get fired for this yeah an editor uh, copy editor
0: is definitely gonna be uh losing their job
1: Yeah. yeah right it was on at two in the morning for like 20 minutes people started lighting them up on twitter whatever and then it got taken down more people saw that in the backlash that occurred the next day with everyone going can you believe espn did this and i'm like if this is so toxic to read why are you sharing it like way more people saw it in the aftermath than actually saw it probably during that that 20 minutes on there and so i posted a video about this This the last time i I made vlog videos about this because I, i got so lit up and it was just super annoying like uh but basically i was saying like you know I was trying to take the position of, of being like charitable. Like what if this guy who wrote it, which turned out to be uh, a Latino guy, Hispanic guy, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know what the, what he was going by at the time, this was mm-hmm. 2012. So were we saying Latinx, Latino, Hispanic? I don't know. But
0: well, he definitely, I, I bet he doubled down on whatever the fuck he was. Cause he's like, yo, I need, I need some protection right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't cool back then. So right. like he, it was like a young intern guy. He posted it now the problem is with headlines is people have written you know cheeky pun intended headlines so when you see that and you see that picture it's very easy to connect that and go they did this on purpose and i'm like maybe they did but what if what if this guy didn't what because if you're familiar with sports writing that phrase is kind of an old cliche that has been used a bunch of times i know this from following sports and watching this like if you just google chink in the armor and then you know 2007 patriots defense or shaquille o'neal free throws 2001 or something like that like it, it's been used in like a lot of things so i go what if the guy who wrote this was just thinking of hey the turnovers were the chink in the armor that cost them the game. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even pick the picture. He just wrote the article. Someone else put the picture. Maybe that person's racist. But he it, like, wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be a good sign if he was actually not seeing race so much that he didn't realize he was doing something racist? Like he, he yeah, was still it, not thinking of the racist implication.
0: A lot of people you know of, I mean? it are incapable of imagining that there might be a person out there acting in good faith who has no idea of the racial components of something right. like that. Like, for example, someone saying like, um, you know, monkey on his back or something like that. And oh, yeah, there, yeah. there are some people like you would say monkey on his back and they would be like, Oh shit, that's racist. But then other people be like, wait, I don't get it. Why, why is it racist? <laughs> right. yeah. And then you yeah. need to explain it to them. And they're like, Ooh, that is racist. That's gross. Yeah. Why did you just put that in my head? I don't yeah. know. I don't, yeah. I don't want to think about that. Um, yeah.
1: And I guess so I got in an argument with some people because, I, look i wasn't making a claim of if i knew the guy was racist or not or the intent or not um maybe it was or he ended up getting fired jeremy lynn was interviewed about it he was just like look you know i think we should just move on and he accepted the dudes apparently the kid who did it was like some 18 year old 19 year old intern he apologized he's some like supposedly some you know nice christian kid that was like just super sheltered never even knew that this was like a insult mm-hmm. or something like that apparently a lot of asian groups got mad because you know, they're like this term has been thrown around as a way to get away with saying it without saying it. Now, I never encountered this as a kid, but apparently uh, in California, where there's a lot more Asian uh, high, dominant high schools or a lot more a bigger Asian population than like where I grew up that was a kind of common sneaky insult like no no mm. i'm not saying it i was just saying chink in the armor bro chink in arm or whatever so i was like okay i could see why people are triggered and offended because you see that you're just like what the fuck? that's like yeah. the playground insult of my childhood and they're just putting it on the website so i understand why people are upset i was just trying to call for like okay you know so much someone's gonna get you know, reprimanded for this, fired. It's obviously somebody should have thought better in this situation to go, guys. Let's not put this online. Uh, and so there's definitely something. You know, someone needs to be held accountable for that. But at the same time, I didn't understand why everyone was like so infuriated over just like words on a screen. It's like I, I, I yeah. I I, want,
0: I wonder if it, if if sometimes like that that sort of thing becomes you know sort of like opportunistic, where it's like mm. finally. We have an opportunity here yeah. to be outraged, to be self-righteous, yeah. to be, you know, to be targets, you know, like, okay, yeah. you know, and what's, you know, let's hop on that. Like you brought up, um, you know, POC, people of color. Oh, and yeah, I have, yeah. I have a theory about people of color. I, I think that it's, oh, you do? It, yeah, I, I think the reason why it came about is because um, if you say you're a person of color, it's your way of appropriating black pain, historical pain, without actually having to be black without actually having oh. to go through it you know so You're like
1: people that are non-black you saying i'm a person of color
0: yeah you know so like yeah. I, I i you know i grew up in queens and like i said you know on the on the playground i mean I, you know, uh the, the 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 playground the you know in my childhood it, you know if you will i was yeah. called a spick i was you know targeted i i you know all this uh, all this shit that i had to deal with yeah and you know to grow up in Queens and and like hear like a, like an Indian kid or a Pakistani kid saying, yeah, me and black kids had the same struggle. I'm like, what the, <laughs> fu- like, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: man? Yeah, there I, is something kind of insulting God. a little bit where you try to like equate your issues to obviously people that have a much deeper, different <laughs> history <laughs> than, uh, you know, whatever your more recent it, issues. It happened a,
0: a, a few years ago, I was at a mic and the comedian who went up before me was like a, um, like a, a, an Indian guy with like long hair, kind of... Kind of effeminate, like an effeminate Indian guy, and he was trying to do this bit. And you know, sometimes like people, yeah, you know, people will 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 try to um, we'll give you like a little anecdote from their life, but you're like, that didn't happen. Uh, shut yeah, up, yeah, yeah. shut up. You're trying to make this bit a bit in your life, right, and right, it's right, a, right. And he brought up the police. You know, like, yeah, man, you you know how the police talk to us. You know what I'm saying? And there was like a black, like another black comedian in the front oh, row. Oh no. And then when I got up there, I'm like, I, I basically called them out. I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about, man?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm more likely to be shot by a cop than you are. Why don't you sit this one out, dude? You know, I'm not the one. You know, it's like statistically speaking, I'm more likely right, to get my right. ass kicked by a cop or shot by a cop than you. Don't 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 yeah. try to don't try to get in on the struggle. You
1: know? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, I think that's a consequence of this this collective externalization of identity it's not yeah. just me and my identity but my identity exists in everybody else and all these things and you know, we have this shared thing and you know like we're all you know my your pain is my pain and stuff and
0: we're, we're being held down well it's also if i'm in if um if i'm in pain if i'm a victim then there's no way i could be victimizing you so we could be friends you know so i don't have to account oh, for right. anything i don't have to account yeah. for anything you know it's like <laughs> you know i, I mean I'm, you, you know me well enough i think people need to account for what they actually do rather than, you know, some, you know, collective. uh I Yeah, a, well, th- that's what I got history. lit up
1: on is like, because I wasn't towing the party line on the Jeremy Lin take, which by the way, my whole agreement was, is let's just let Jeremy Lin's lead tell us what to do. And mm-hmm. he was interviewed and he was just like, yeah, you know, I accept his apology. I think it was a mistake and we should move on. I mean, he had a real, like just strong kind of, you know, measured, uh, response to it. And I was like, yeah, all right, well, let's go with that. He's uh, so yeah, sub- yeah. the target of this and let's follow his lead. And people didn't want to do that. And then people got mad at me for saying like that. You know?
0: well, well, that's really, and, and that's actually, you know, a testament to how mature he was uh, and yeah. is, and also the the type of guy uh, he is, you know, th- there was a, I think it was probably like a, a few years ago where, um, I guess Jeremy Lin had some, some braids in his hair. He was wearing braids while playing. Oh, okay I, I hope i'm getting the this cultural right
1: appropriation
0: yeah so he would No. Oh, okay. he was uh, another basketball player an african-american basketball player called him out on cultural appropriation oh boy and, but then it turned out this guy the same basketball player had a tattoo of chinese writing ah. on his skin so <laughs> Lin, so so lynn was basically like look man i'm cool with you tattooing you know these letters on your skin oh wow you no know, like we're all we're all good uh so i think that He seems like a, like a really, uh, you know, like I said, like a mature guy, a cool guy. And, and also, you know, you're talking about this happening all those years ago. It's sort of, uh, you know, I wonder if that, you know, if that poor kid who's now a man, uh, you know, if he, if he tries to get a job, if that's going to come back yeah. to haunt him, like, are people going to be like, no, when you were an 18 year old intern, you yeah. used the term chink in the armor. So now, you know, you can't be an editor at Teen Vote. Yeah. I you wonder know, what so
1: that I'm guy like, is. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got to be 27 or something now. Yeah. Like, what has he been doing? I mean, it would be I mean it'd be messed up, but it'd be kind of funny if he's like super hard right now and he was like at the Capitol and like you know <laughs> he I mean? stormed like, the Capitol building, Like that somehow shit it like had the opposite effect. You thought it was gonna make him more empathetic and he just went hard the other way and was like, Dude, oh. I,
0: I had yeah, I I had this this idea for a sketch uh basically in response to the whole like educate yourself. I'm not here to educate you you go educate yourself. So a, you know, quote, unquote, Karen decides to go and educate herself. But rather than coming, you know, over to the right side, she ends up being like, Oh, you know what, I educated myself. And yeah, I believe in white supremacy. Now, I believe in white power. I'm with these guys. Now. Thank you so much for telling me to go uh, to go educate myself.
1: Yeah, I found all the answers actually. Thank it you. Turns thank out you. I needed to do my research and Yeah,
0: uh, yeah I, I am part of the superior race. Wow, thank you so much for uh yeah. sending me down that track. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, there's a there's a weird thing with some of the language there, like I, I just I always you know, I you know, think of myself as liberal left, center left, I don't know what the, uh, whatever, uh, like wherever the liberal part ends and then the cliff of like insane <laughs> progressive people fall off. I'm, like, right there at that edge. I'm, like, I can see them. I'm waving to them, but I'm not going over the cliff because they almost make... I feel like there's only two groups of people that make whiteness so powerful, and it's, like, people that are super whatever the far left is that are just talking about whiteness all the time, and then actual white supremacists that are just, (laughs) like, white is the right, you know what I mean? Like, white has done everything great, and it's just, like... You guys are both insane and you're saying the shit that they're saying. I don't even understand how you don't hear yourself. Right, and right. it's a it's a real strange consequence of like um, so like with the, the Jeremy Lin thing is someone hit me up on Twitter, was all mad at my take. And I said, listen, I kind of like you, I messaged a thing. I was like, listen, man, I'll just, I'm not gonna get into a Twitter argument with you. I'll just give you my phone number. Let's just talk about it. I remember I was doing a college gig. I was in Connecticut. I'm like sitting in a parking lot of some like strip mall talking to this dude for like two hours in some rental car and at some point he goes i just you know i just th- i just want poc solidarity and i was like what i was like what, what's, what's that and i was like what's what's poc and he he goes person of color like he's he couldn't believe that i didn't know the term now this guy it's a, it's almost like this like academia thing that has bled into everything a lot of these arguments this guy was like a, a graduate uh, student and uh, you know associate professor uh at Howard University in DC So, and he's, you know, studying cultural studies and kind of ethnic studies and stuff like that. So he's an educated guy. He's, this is like his world. So obviously him talking about these things, it's very important to him. And so, but me, I'm a comedian. I'm just trying to like observe and make jokes about stuff. So he, he couldn't believe that I didn't know the term POC solidarity POC at the time. This is 2012. I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. What, and then it turned out is like, yeah, we have to have, pocs versus white people and so no arguing over here because white people are the thing and,
0: and you're like i gotta tell one of my parents i gotta break the news <laughs> to them
1: yeah that there's gonna be like a race
0: that. war or something like
1: that yeah i'm like i don't i don't i just yeah i just don't I, I didn't identify with that thing and then another person i got an argument with from twitter uh that i gave my phone number they were as an asian american uh, group in new york they got there's some woman there. She got mad. We basically had a phone call. Same kind of thing.
0: Such a woman thing to do. To get mad. <laughs> Women be
1: getting mad. Women be trifling. <laughs> so she was the head of this organization. She was so pissed. And so same thing. I gave her my phone number. I said, let's talk about it. And we had this conversation. And I, I kind of figured out where we actually, where the opinions diverge. Because we had agreements on like, obviously there's racist people. Obviously there's fucked up things happening. Obviously there's, Diversity issues, all this. But where we diverged is how to handle smaller grievances, you know, microaggressions or things like that. And she her philosophy was we have to lay the hammer down. She this is a quote. She's like, we have to lay the hammer down on all instances to smash racism. And I just like don't, I'm more of like an appropriate resources kind of thing. It's like if someone says something mild, it's like, you tell them to shut the fuck up. That's the end of it. You know, you don't need to bring in the Calvary for like one small thing. And their philosophy was this idea that these small events eventually contribute and grow into bigger events. So we need to squash all the small events. I think the reason why they do it is more, it's easier to squash those small events than it is to tackle a bigger problem. So
0: yeah. And, and, you know, her, you know, the metaphor, you know, need to hammer down on this. You know what they say. I mean, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a real, there is a definite problem with um, the, um, how, you know, depending on how fierce the response is to something, you know, so like earlier we were talking about, you know, mispronouncing somebody's name. Right. Yeah. Now, if you, if you're the type of person where you just meet somebody and they mispronounce your name and then you lay the hammer down, it's yeah. like people are gonna be like, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, you're fucking crazy. Um, yeah, and it's I think, not
1: effective either.
0: No, no, it, it, exactly. You know where where it would be. Some like, well, actually, it's pro, it's pronounced like that. Oh wow, I, I didn't know that, mm-hmm. that. That's how it's pronounced. Is this how you're pronouncing it? Oh, that's really cool. Thank you so much. I, you know, right. That that how how cool is that? I, I think you know, um, I think the the divide that 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 you describe. Sort of like, you know, left of center or liberal, and then the cliff. I think the people, you know, who are, de- you know, who, who are, you know, ready to push you off a cliff, basically, are the ones who it's like they're just waiting for you to make one mistake.
1: <laughs> yeah. One
0: yeah. fucking mistake, and then they're done with you. And, and, and I think that is, that's a real sign of, you know, the differences in, in, in the people that, that we're dealing with now, where it's like, uh, any opportunity to lay the hammer down, any opportunity to destroy yeah. this person for for this one, you know, this petty fucking thing, um, you know, they'll take it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And especially with like back to entertainment comedy, it's like, I don't know why they apply this stuff to like comedy and jokes and and kind of entertainment stuff. It's like. You, it's a lot of, It's just arbitrary and it's kind of trends. I feel like the left is obsessed with trends and the right is obsessed with traditions. And so there's always a pull to go back to some kind of traditional thing on the right, but the left is just kind of always spiraling into some new trend that's somewhat arbitrary it's, it's like impossible to keep up with mm-hmm. because it's like i always say it's like with clothes it's like you know like, hey skinny jeans are in baggy jeans are in plaids are in it's the summer of you know pastels it's like it's just always changing and you just you're almost never going to be right because someone's going to come along and then go actually that's not cool anymore and you're like oh shit
0: yeah i've uh, i've heard others uh, talk about this um i think I think Lionel Shriver, the, the novelist, she, she wrote an article about it, about about language. And like how you said, like, you know, POC, not knowing what the hell that is. Well, then now <laughs> it's now it's BIPOC, a B-I-P-O-C. Right. you know, right. that that comes out, you know, two weeks ago. But now you're you're supposed to know it. And what it what it does is it's a way to show that you're in the group, that you're in the know. That yeah, you, yeah, that, yeah, that, that that you're a part of this, you know, whatever community or or um, gang. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, you know the you know the language. You could be you could be trusted for now. You know, until right. until the next uh, you know style guide comes out, and you know we're not using BIPOC <laughs> anymore. Now we're we're using F F BIPOC. You know, fat, black, yeah. in, indigenous. You know, person. just all
1: feels to me like a big like eighth grade lunch cafeteria. You know, everyone's trying to sit at the cool kids table. Who's cool? What are we talking about? What are we wearing? What words are we saying? What food are we eating? And it's like, everyone's just kind of like, am I, am I still in? And, and Hollywood's like exactly that. And it's always been like that, but it's just gotten really amplified because of the social media, like you can really show it constantly. And so it's just like, I'm, I'm one of the cool kids. I'm saying the right thing. I'm part of the thing. And I'm just. I don't, I mean, I have a disagreeable personality. I guess Jordan Peterson's test would probably tell me like- You're, uh, you're very uh, disagreeable, uh, <laughs> yeah. very disagreeable. I just, I don't, I don't like joining. I almost have like a negative, and maybe it's not healthy for me, but I just, I see like, Hey, we're all doing this thing. And I'm like, not doing it. You know what I mean? Like I almost have a repulsion. Well, that yeah, kind dude, I'm, I'm.
0: I mean, I'm 39. I'm 39, I'm married. I have a kid. It's like, <laughs> look, I have like, I have like two close friends that that's, that's all I got. You know, it's like, and then I have my, like my family, my world is very, my world is very small and, you know, they have to deal with me at my worst. Uh, it's like, th- there's only so much room for, you know, for new people to come in, you know, to come into my life, you know, and it's sort of like, how much work are you going to make me do, man? Yeah. Uh, and, and something that, that I find where it's like, there are people of, you know, very different political persuasions from me that I can get along with just because we can talk, we can talk yeah. and, 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 and that's it. I don't have to worry about, you know uh, you know, someone, you know, saying, you know, zip it, you, you use the wrong word, you know?
1: Yeah, it's, it has been unfortunate that I've gotten that more from people on the supposed left than I have on the right. I mean, I have conservative friends from high school and college and, you know, people obviously, I, you know, disagree with politically or something like that, but we can get, we get I actually get along better or even with comedy. I've done shows in you know Indianapolis and Idaho and wherever where I was I'm I wasn't holding back I wasn't like pandering to some conservative audience or something there I was saying what you know what I wanted to say, but the response I would get was something like uh, Hey man I don't I don't I don't agree with everything you're saying up there but you know, you did a good job that was funny and I love that kind of compliment because I'm like cool like I'm you listen to me maybe we don't agree on this thing but you were able to just t- listen laugh or not. And we just, we go home and that was the night or whatever that doesn't really happen with a lot of, you know, I've done shows in like Echo Park or Silver Lake or every, every one time was it last time I was in New York, like five years ago, six years ago at like uh, you know, Creek in the cave or something like that, where there's like a bunch of hipster liberals and stuff there. And these people hated my guts. I mean, like I wow. would, I, I would do a show, you know, it's like those in New York things where you do a spot one night at like, I think I did a spot at the stand and I did open with this joke. And it like killed. And I go to <laughs> Creek in the Cave or maybe it was somewhere else in like, you know, Long Island City or something. And it bombed. Oh, same joke, same night, same mm. thing. And these people looked at me like, I can't believe Rush Limbaugh is here or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, how did this even happen? And, you know, it's like that kind of, what kind of response you're getting from people and like the kind of tolerant thing in terms of comedy. It's like, I don't understand how I'm getting a better, I'm walking away feeling worse from these like more progressive rooms than I am from doing a show with, you know, just kind of more people that I probably politically disagree with more than the other rooms, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, before we go, what are, uh, you know, any projects you're up to, uh, now,
1: Uh, well, I've been writing some stuff, uh, some bits that I I probably want to film as soon as I can get back on stage. I have a couple other things that I clipped up that, um, I don't know if I want to release now, man, everything's gotten crazy over the last year. I had a bit about, you know, people getting racist towards Asians. Uh, I was saying that like last January, February, and then now that, you know, that's like a whole big thing. And now people
0: care about it. So, yeah, not, yeah.
1: And that, that's I, it's like, I almost felt like I didn't want people to take it the wrong way. Like I'm virtue signaling, like, yeah, see, whatever. But it, people just kind of take things the wrong way. And so uh, I don't know, we'll see. I got some, some transgender bathroom jokes that will probably get me canceled <laughs> and uh, pronouns. And, you know, I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll put them out there as soon as uh, I can kind of get a, a good tape of them.
0: Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to support the show, please head over to theluperez.locals.com and go ahead and support my sponsors. Black Organic Cold Brew, head over to www.blvckbrew.com and use the promo code LU for free shipping. And if you head over to Paloma Verde, www.palomaverdestore.com and use the promo code Lou, you'll get 25% off purchases over $75. And if you sign up for email, you'll get an extra 10% off. All right, later.